Welcome to Attention, a podcast from the American Advertising Federation District 10. My name is Ray Shillins. Conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising and marketing impactful and relevant and a lot of fun too. Our stories take you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising platforms. We explore current trends and topics. Today's podcast sponsored by Texas State University, Texas State, uh, TX State, EDU. Bobcats move forward together. I like that. AAF District 10 promotes professional development and networking, recognizes advertising excellence, provides news and resources, helps develop future industry leaders. That's what you guys are doing. And promotes the value of ethical and transparent advertising. Find out more about AAF, the number 10.org. So Texas State University formed in 1899, okay? But you guys opened in 1903. That's huge. You are the only uh, university in Texas to have... Uh, graduated a U.S. president, and you both know who that is, right? Yes, you, yes, you do. His name is Lyndon B. Johnson, and uh, so we're talking about uh, not only uh, Texas State, we're talking about the National uh, Student Advertising Competition, uh, NSAC, uh, and uh, Texas State University um, just recently uh, placed first in District Ten on a project. Uh, that they did for Adobe, as NSAC uh, has every year. Congratulations on that, guys. Dr. Clay Craig teaches in the advertising uh, sequence in the School of Journalism and the Mass Communication at Texas State. And Dr. Mike Devlin is assistant professor of advertising there. And uh, man, you guys, I'm glad you chose what you do to do. I bet your students uh, think that's pretty cool as well. You guys have fun what you're doing? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is it's great. I think it's uh, the INSAC in general. I was a student uh, at Texas Tech. I did my undergraduate there and I was a member of INSAC. And that's actually what got me into advertising. I was actually an electronic media major and I wanted to go to uh, Hollywood and make movies and work in TV and film. And, uh, you know, my father was an engineer and he said that he wasn't going to pay me any more school for me to be a hippie and uh, that I needed to find a career. Uh, and I stumbled into advertising, thankfully, because of INSAC. They asked me to produce a couple uh, TV spots for the competition team one year. And I thought, hey, this advertising thing is pretty cool. Uh, you know, I wanted to learn more. So I actually, because of INSAC, found uh, advertising. And that started my career. I went and worked in an in-house agency after graduation. Um, so when I became a professor, to be able to come back now and give back and work with the students and, and hopefully show them how cool advertising really can be, and be on the, the advising role of this, it's been a real opportunity, a real treat for me. And what about you, Clay? Uh, you know, from the, the metropolis known as Hamlin, Texas, um, you, you were born and raised in. Uh, did, you, did you work at the Hamlin Herald by any chance? So fun fact about that, my family actually owned it. So <laughs> my grandfather, yes, uh, Bob Craig, um, there's actually, he was a, a part of it for a very long time. Uh, as I was growing up, my dad was publisher and editor of the Hamlin Herald um, until he, he's now actually a publisher at the, uh, in Nacogdoches um, for the, the center there. Um, and so my background, I was a psychology undergrad and just loved kind of figuring out what made people tick. Um, and then my story is a little bit similar to Dr. Devlin's in the sense that my first exposure to INSAC was also at Texas Tech University when I was getting my PhD um, under uh, Dr. Shannon Bouchard, who has been the INSAC advisor for Texas Tech for as long as 
I think they've had a team, it seems like. Um, and so I helped her uh, with a team. I believe it was Glidden. Um, and then that sparked my, fascina- my fascination with Intact and wanting to kind of be a part of it. And then coming back to Texas State, um, I became the um, club advisor for the college chapter um, and kind of took over what Jenny uh, Bushhorn and Dr. Rick Wilson were doing. Mike and I kind of stepped in and took over it, and it's been great ever since. Well, you've been a part of this uh, this competition for a long time. You've been invited to the party before, and your past winner is uh, of that as well. So you're you're used to uh, accomplishing something uh, great. Talk about the process of uh, competing in this competition. Well, one of the things that's really great about District 10 is we always know that the, that we're competing against the cream of the crop, and that it's it, it drives our students to really put their best foot forward and try to think of the most innovative and creative ideas that they can come up with. And it's really, as we've been doing this, I believe this is our third year, right, Mike? Yeah, this is the third year as you and I as advisors, yeah. This is the third year of us doing it. And, and I feel like each year we kind of evolve and figure out better ways and more efficient ways to guide the students to basically just show their innate ability and just kind of guide them. And so it's more of, I think each year we take a further step back and let those ideas kind of grow and develop and just offer kind of subtle suggestions throughout. Um, And so it's always interesting to see what the students come up with and just some minor tweaks with some advice from us. Yeah. What about you, Mike? You know, for us, the process really, it starts in the, the fall. You know, we get the brief, and I know there's a lot of other teams, and uh, they, they start and they form their insect team early on in the fall so that when the brief comes out, they hit the ground running. And um, it's taken us some time to kind of develop how we want to proceed with this. But really, we don't, uh, we, we start working with this or picking our team in late fall, and we actually don't meet together as a team until January. So it's sort of hyper-accelerated with us. Um, but really with us, it's a community. We have Jenny Bushhorn, who, you know, Clay mentioned earlier, she's the, uh, the sequence head advisor and she used to be the advisor for INSAC. She starts working with some of the, the students who are, uh, on the account planning side early in the fall and getting them working towards that brief so that when January does hit, we have a brief to go off of. Um, I mainly work with the creative side, so I'm, a you know, I, I work with the creatives on that and we found that it, it, getting the students that, that brief early on, it gives us the chance for them to all kind of step back and evaluate is this really what we want to do so it's a long process um but it really is a team effort we have people from marketing that are are working with students as well rick wilson another advisor and a member of the af uh, he works with some of the marketing students that we bring onto the team Um, we bring in uh, students from the communication design program who work on the creative so it's what i've really enjoyed about this process is how many people are involved and how many people want to step in and help that it really is not just a few ad students it's really not just clay and myself but we have people from across the campus and advisors and students that are taking a part. And I think that's what's been really, what's helped, especially this year, make this team really successful is we have people from three different colleges and a team of advisors that are working with students. Why is NSAC important to your students? Why is it an important process uh, to be involved? For them, this is visibility. And I think the way Texas State students, so many of our students and, and I love them for this. They are so hardworking, but a lot of them, this is their first generation college students or they don't have um, opportunities that so many other students at, at other universities to get internships that during their summertime, they may not have an opportunity to take an unpaid internship because they have to work um, you know, at a service or retail job so they can make rent and pay for tuition. Um, throughout the year, a lot of them are working one or two other jobs. So they don't get that 
real exposure at an agency and they don't get as much exposure. The InStack opportunity provides them that real world setting where they get to come in and sort of carve their niche out and work with other people. And like Clay said, we, you know, we kind of function as advisors where we let them kind of deal with the internal struggle. We step in only when we really need to or guide them. Um, but it gives them a chance to have this real true hands-on experience that otherwise they wouldn't get. And as a result, year after year, we ask these students when they're exiting, what did you learn most or what did you love about it? And that's the thing we always hear is, I felt like I actually got to work in an agency and get this opportunity to work on a client. And I think it gives them that motivation and sort of that confidence that when they graduate, that they now have something under their belt. And you see it when they go interview for jobs and they start having resumes, this air of confidence that they have that they worked on something, especially when you know they win the competition or they place, it gives them a little bit more of that security that I can do this and gives them a great talking point. So um, it's, it's the opportunity that Texas State students get above all, it's, it's terrific. Clay, what, uh, this is for you. How do you, how do you set up the expectations uh, for your students? What do you tell them when you get into this project? I mean, it's very basic is we expect them to win. Um, but cause we always want to kind of have them strive for that excellence, but it's, it's one of the things where it, if swings for defensive, right? Like we don't want them to go with something that is traditional or that it's safe. But if we're going to do something, you do it to an extreme and you push those bounds as much as you can. And what's really great about kind of setting those expectations is at the end, whenever we go to competitions, or in this case, it was virtual, and seeing all of the other teams' presentations, it's this great notion of, okay, well, we did think about that, but we didn't go in that direction. And seeing how working off of the exact same case brief, you have these 200 different schools and teams they come up with 200 wildly different ideas and kind of see what are some really great executions here or what's the kind of a key insight from this other place. And so we always talk about like, we want to win, but it's more about the experience that they get. And kind of, again, as Mike mentioned, this real world experience that they may not get and unless they are a part of impact. But more than that, it's also the networking and not just at the district competitions, which is has always been great in terms of that type of networking, but also of this community of former InSight members and competitors that opens it up. Even just, we have our own Texas State uh, former InSight Facebook group where alumni post about job opportunities and this networking and kind of connecting with different people. And so we always set the expectation of the quality of work that you do here will set you up for the future. This isn't just another class. This is kind of a launching pad for your career. So take it seriously. We'll have a lot of fun with it, but it's something that you do need to put the time and energy into as if it is an internship or your first job. Mike, I'll ask this of you. What brings you guys back each year? And is it, is it something that you folks look forward to, to participating? Oh yeah. I mean, this is one of my favorite classes to teach because we get to, you know, we get to work with the, the cream of the crop of our, our students. You know, we, we handpick them all and we know that these are the ones that have that drive and that want to do this. So it's uh, it's a thrill, it's a joy for us to, to get to work with them. Um, but the other part of it is, you know, it's every year getting, you know, the first year Clay and I did this, we took third and we said, okay, we, we know we can place, we want to come back again the next year. And then last year we thought we had a great campaign and we really felt really strong about it, but it just shows you how this works is we got, we didn't place. I didn't think we got fourth and that kind of fueled us of, okay, we've got to, you know, we, we need to get back there. We need to win. And then 
so for me, it was the competitive spirit of let's get back there and we, we need to get something. Because if we don't place again, then maybe we're not cut out for this. Um, but, you know, so it's the working with the students, but the competition itself is something that kind of drives. It's fun to get to see the students compete and put together some stuff and, you know, flex their muscles against uh, some of the other top schools in the country. NSAC and uh, American Advertising Federation, what do they mean to you, uh, Clay? What do they mean to you? I, I think, honestly, like, the, the, to boil it down, it's opportunity, right? Like, the, the number of opportunities that AAF and NSAC provide our students and also faculty, and this networking and this connection. So we've had, we had this year um, two students that were part of the Most Promising Multicultural Student Program. Um, it's the first time we've ever had two. And so it's these different, um, again, even this podcast, the, the opportunities that it provides for students as opening the door into connecting with other agencies. And it's just a great way of connecting with people. I'm fortunate that I am um, the chair of uh, education for the Austin, um, a, uh, Austin Ad Fed. And so it's this constant networking and, and opening doors for our students. And it's just a great way of kind of connecting with people. On that note, it kind of tell, picking up what I was saying earlier, you know, one of the reasons I think that we, we keep coming back to is we do develop these relationships with these students that they aren't really just seen as, you know, students that are coming to class that we kind of share this, this the struggle with them. You know, when, when they do well, we share that joy because we know this is going to open doors for them. And when they, uh, when it's, they don't get the results that they hoped or they wanted, we kind of feel their pain with them. Um, but it's great to see them going to go from this class, but then get involved with the other organizations and get involved with AF chapter to where they really do evolve from just a student in the classroom to being an active member of the community and an active partner within what we're doing in the education mission. And then when they go off to be an alumni, we kind of have this strong relationship with them. So it really, it's, it's about that relationship building that kind of keeps going year after year with working with these, um, INSAC alums, if you will. You know, in our industry, Texas State and you guys are, are key to the future of our industry. This is where the future is starting right now. What do you tell your students coming to you, uh, being interested in advertising and marketing? What do you say to them, Mike or Clay? Go ahead. Realistically, if you're going to do this, you know, expect to work six to seven hours those first couple of weeks uh, or those first couple of years after you get out of a job. Um, let them know that this is not going to. If you're going into advertising, it's not going to be a thirty-hour week job. Um, just, you know, let them know that their, their expectations are high. I mean, I, I tell them that this industry rewards passion. That if they're not passionate in what they do, that this may not be the best career for them. Because as Mike alluded to, it is long hours. But if it's something that you enjoy doing, and that's not to say that you love every aspect of your job. I'm not, that, that's a really unrealistic expectation for anyone. But if you enjoy finding, so for our strategists, if you enjoy finding that creative insight that people have not thought of before and that gets you excited and it makes it where all of that work and that research and that digging in the data gets you to that point and you enjoy that, then this is right for you. It's the same in terms of with media planning. Like if you enjoy kind of figuring out the right puzzle and the right execution to really connect with the target audience and figure out who that is, this is for you. And with creative Mike and I have a running joke about how I know nothing about creative, but what I would say with it is, is if you see things in a different light and if you can find a unique way of getting people excited and connecting and resonating with your work, this is for you. And that it's not easy, that your, your first job may not be your forever job and to not look down on what are some potential options, especially given this current environment. Take what job that you can that can help you 
fuel your passion. And if it's not something that you're passionate about, make sure that you stay interested in a hobby that can show your creative side or your analytical side and just keep on advancing who you are in something that you're passionate about. Talk about the uh, the COVID-19 issues. You were telling me before we started recording this podcast uh, how you had graduation and stuff. Things are tough right now. And, and you don't, I bet neither of you can answer the question, what's going to happen in the fall? Because nobody knows what's going on. If you do, that, that's amazing, but I don't think you do. So you, you wrapped up the year, the year is done, and you just graduated your, your last class. Talk about how that happened. How it yeah, we'll start going rewinding. I, one of the things that when... The, when this happened, um, you know, the team was working and fortunately we, you know, Clay and I were really, um, we were really disciplined and really tough early in January and February. And as a result, you know, we kept pushing students, um, but to their, you know, they really were leaders of this, uh, this whole experience. We had really strong student leadership. We had really, really talented students this year. And it just shows how much Texas State overall is growing. Um, that we actually, when the COVID thing happened, we ended up having to say, okay, guys, you're going to have to do this on your own. We are going to be limited in the tools and technology and the way we can advise. Obviously, you know, where we would have been in the same room with them and been able to give immediate feedback. Now there was a lag where they would turn in something or they would submit something and we would have to address an RN and give them notes back or we'd have to set up a Zoom meeting when everyone could get together. So there was these technical limitations, but to their credit, I think it was just the talent and the skills that they had going into this team I think it was the discipline, the preparation they had in January and February and the strong student leadership that when March happened and we had to go completely remote, I don't think it really affected us as negatively as it could have. Um, they were able to go and, and work self-sufficiently. And again, Clay and I were able to give them some feedback here and there, um, but a lot of it's to their credit. Um, but it was, you know, the, the COVID thing was hard because the for me personally and a lot of the students, it was this hard part of this being kind of this anticlimactic that we we did this competition and we worked towards it. And then we do this virtual presentation. And then when they announced that we're winners, we're all separated and we're kind of like, yay. Okay. What now was, so it did hurt. I think the, the social aspect of it and the, the true networking team part, I think that was the, the hardest takeaway. We've been trying to find ways to make this experience um, still enjoyable for the students. We did uh, our advertising program. We did our own graduation ceremony for the advertising students. And we brought in Bill Bain. He's a creative director at GSDNM. He came and gave a commencement speech. Um, and it was actually a really cool graduation ceremony because it was just our ad students. We got to talk about the accolades that our program and the advertising students have done. And it was also um, really personal that we got to just see our ad students and they got to see us on the Zoom thing. So we've all shifted and we found ways to take the opportunities and take the good with the bad. And I think we've done a good job, and to the students' credit, they've really stepped up and found ways to understand that this is what we have to do and uh, fitting it into their lifestyle as much as they can. So things have really changed, Clay, haven't they? I mean, I, I don't see things going back to the way they used to be. I hate the term new normal, and if I hear it again, I'm going to throw up. Uh, but, I mean, it is it is what it is, and it's moving ahead. So, I mean, what do you, what do you see uh, toward the fall for the next uh, semester? So it's definitely going to shift a little bit. Like, as you said, we still, we don't even know what our university is going to look like in the fall in terms of this. It, it's still up in the air, but things have shifted a lot. And so it is more this adapting, going more digital. And so using those different resources that um, our students have available. So Texas State is very fortunate that we have access to LinkedIn Learning. And so as... Um, as ad faculty, what we've done is we've set up, um, which uh, Mike actually spearheaded this, we set up a um, link on our ad club's 
uh, website where it's here are some um, things that we think that during this downtime that you have, right? So again, air quote downtime, right? As we're all trying to figure out our lives. Um, and you wanna say, what have you been working on during this, during COVID, right? Like what have you been doing during time? There are LinkedIn learning things that we suggest. There are different um, databases and that are offering free schools and free um, classes and things like that. So it's this notion of we're shifting the way in which we interact and engage with our students in a way that it's not simply taking what we would do face-to-face -face and shoving it into a digital format to where students are in Zoom meetings for eight hours a day, which is not fair to faculty, it's not fair to students, but how do you evolve and do this hybrid learning where it's, here are these online modules that they can learn and kind of go through and still have that engagement and kind of connecting with students. So making sure that we have those Zoom check-ins and those things. And it's easier for smaller classes. Um, I teach an intro class that had to shift online this, this um, past semester. There was 351 students. And so trying to have any type of one-on-one -on -one relationship with them is possible. And so it'll be interesting to see how that's going to shift in the fall with kind of this online of do I do virtual lectures and kind of figuring out what are the needs for the students and also what are their, um, what are their technology requirements? What do they have? Can, do, do all of them have laptops? Like we need to make sure that the solutions that we offer are universal and are not, again, kind of classes and making sure that we make everything available in a way that puts everyone at a level playing field. You know, if this crisis happens in 2010, I think the educational system crumbles. Um, I think we, you know, we don't have the the, the digital, uh, the technological infrastructure. We don't have the tools. And I don't know how this would have survived had this happened 10 years ago. But fortunately, the access to content and the way that students are savvy enough to get content and the way we're able to share, I've actually been able, I think, to find new ways to engage. And kind of like Clay said, it's we can't just package and do what we did in the classroom and put it on this online. Um, but what I've done is I've shortened my lectures with my short students, but then I've been able to offer them more ancillary content that normally I wouldn't have been able to show during a classroom of, hey, check out this interactive feed, go check out this, do an NR feature, and then share your results with me, whereas before we wouldn't have been able to do it in a, in a lab or an auditorium. So I think it's, you know, for faculty, it's encouraged them to, man, there's a lot of stuff out there. It, we have to shift a little bit the way our pedagogical approach, but I think the, the information that students can get now, it's, it's just, it, it's probably a, more engaging than some of the stuff they could have gotten in the classroom beforehand. So I really see this as one of those things that's going to change education that once educators realize that we can use these tools and we can use them effectively. And we know so much more about online learning now than we did four years ago that you may see a situation where there's a lot of students who prefer to take half their classes online. And so I think the faculty, they need to realize that this may be one of the, the demands. And if you don't like teaching online, you may have to start learning how to, to put that in your, your approach. That may just be what the demand is. Sorry. What's a Zoom, huh? What's a <laughs> this is a digital generation, so I see that as an easy transition, and I love the fact that you've put an upside to this whole thing as well, because we need an upside uh, at this point in time. Looking 10 years down the road, we're going to be probably doing much more of this, don't you agree? And uh, it's going to make uh, learning better. It'll make it great, and uh, I don't want to say that word. Uh, that's not good. Uh, but it'll make learning better and it'll make things uh, great for students, uh, uh, you know, coming forth. You're just down the, a little bit south of UT. And uh, I think it's uh, really exciting that as I learn more about 
uh, Texas State, that you guys really have some good stuff going on there as far as advertising and uh, marketing. And so both of you guys are in a good spot, aren't you? Yeah, and, and I'll be honest, a lot of that is credit to uh, Jenny Bushhorn. Um, she, uh, she took over as sequence head, and she actually was the one that hired both of us at the same time. We, uh, fun fact, applied for the same job, and ended up both getting it. So, um, but what what Jenny has done is made sure that we stay current and that we keep evolving the curriculum in a way that is meaningful to our students. So we make sure that we bring in industry experts. So we have Gene Brinick, who's former career director at GCM. Um, and Michelle Dickens, who is well known in um, kind of the strategist realm. Well, she worked at GSM too, but she's been at she's been she's moved around as, and she's done freelance, so she's been heavily involved here in the the Austin market with as a strategist. So everyone at every agency has either worked with her or knows who she is. Our podcast today is very timely. I just got off the phone with uh, Bill Richmond uh, just a few minutes ago before, and you know, you guys participated in that competition in District Ten. And you don't know this shit, but you placed fourth and you now move on to the final competition. Yeah. You, you are there, guys. You made it. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. Now, has this made your day or what? I mean, come on, huh? It has absolutely made our day. That, and that yes. we, we had graduation yesterday with our students and now we can kind of pass this information on. So kind of maintain that, that positive vibe. I wish you guys the best. Take Texas and represent well, and uh, take uh, Texas State and represent well, too. You you must have had fun working on the Adobe project, uh, too. Was that a fun thing to do? It was fun, but it was a challenge. I mean, it was. we're, we're glad that we got some, you know, the last couple of years we've been doing this, it's been in the food and bev category. And so it was exciting from that, uh, from that point of not having to do another food and bev uh, client, just to kind of step away from, from those insights. Um, but to have a... a, a sponsor and a client is big and is well known and it has so many cool products and what they're doing there um it was really fun to dig in but i'll tell you it was a challenge this was one of the more challenging ones that even were i've been involved as a student like i said and as a uh, advisor this one was tough well apparently you stepped up in <laughs> the challenge and you did great on to the final competition dr clay craig Teaches advertising a sequence in the School of Journalism and Mass Communications at Texas State. Dr. Mike Devlin, Assistant Professor of Advertising. Man, what a good thing talking to you guys today. This has been fun. Did you guys have a good time? Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank and congratulations once again. And uh, obviously, I want to hear what happens next because I have a funny feeling it'll be a good thing. Okay, <laughs> thanks, guys. We're, we're excited. Yeah. So <laughs> this is going to be a fun summer. You know, it's going to be what June when we find out says how they do. So it's yeah. You know, hopefully we we'll have good news to bring back to District Ten. There you go. Good stuff happening in in Texas and at Texas State. You've been listening to a, a podcast from the American Advertising Federation District Ten. Find out more at aaf10.org. That's number ten. Today's podcast made possible by Texas State University, txstate.edu. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform, as Mike has already done. You need to do that too, Clay. Do that, and you'll never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes will help us grow as well. Don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. Until next time, thank you for listening. Congratulations, Texas State. This is Ad Tension. Copyright 2020. I'm Ray Schultz.